Coming up, Suicide Squad. The critics are tearing it apart, but are they being too harsh? Or is it as terrible as they say? Find out in this episode of Dispop. Diz Pop is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect vacation. Visit them on the web at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Well, hello, everybody. I am your host, Rhino Clavin, and I have just seen the new DC Comics film, Suicide Squad, put out by Warner Brothers, of course, because they are the home of DC Comics films, whereas Marvel is just split up everywhere. I believe DC has actually got a little, not everything's at Warner Brothers. I think they've got one or two split along the way, but Regardless, um, just a heads up, this episode is going to have minor spoilers for the film, no major spoilers. Honestly, I, I actually don't even know how I could give a major spoiler, and I'll get to that. But um, if you have not seen Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, uh, I would say maybe watch that and then come back to this because this is going to have a spoiler in regards to the end of that. Now, the also... I'm going to talk about The Man of Steel. I've got to talk about the three movies. So we have The Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, and now The Suicide Squad. This is the third movie in what is Warner Brothers' attempts to create the DC's shared universe, just like Marvel has their shared universe. And um, they were off to a little bit of a rocky start. I mean, Man of Steel, the first Superman movie, got okay reviews and... People seem to enjoy it, you know. Nobody's nobody's raving about it or in love with it, but nobody. I don't feel like there's not not necessarily a big n- hatred toward it. Then Batman versus Superman came out just earlier this summer, and uh, I'm sorry, it wasn't even the summer. It was like March, actually. I can't believe it's been that long already. But people seem to be tearing it apart. The critics tear it apart. The the audience rating so low. And um, then Suicide Squad was scheduled for August, and they thought, well, okay, this will be something different, and how, maybe maybe this is just the one-off, and it's Zack Snyder that's kind of doing this to us, and let's 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 move forward, let's push through this, and we'll get to Suicide Squad. Um, so that's where we are now, and then we've got Wonder Woman loaded up; she's coming out at next year, and then Justice League is also coming out. Which, by the way, those a trailer for Wonder Woman and a trailer for Justice League have both been released out of Comic-Con a couple weeks ago. If you have not seen them, I definitely suggest watching them. They both actually look really good. Um, well, Wonder Woman I'm hesitant about. However, I am excited. Our first, uh, you know, comic, mainstream comics woman superhero, finally, making her way to the big screen. And this this movie's been trying to get made for for forever. I mean, Joss Whedon was doing it at one point way back before the Avengers, and he couldn't agree with the studio, and... It's just it's just been kind of a nightmare to get her up there, but finally they're they're getting her there, and I I am directed by uh, Patty Jenkins, a woman, which is great too. Um, so I I really look forward to that. Come on, Chris Pine's in it too. Who doesn't love Chris Pine? And then we've got uh, Justice League Part One, um, or I think it's simply titled Justice League, and then there's going to be a second Justice League movie the following year. Uh, or maybe it's two years later. I'm sorry. I, my dates are a little screwy right now because everything seems to keep getting moved around. But either way, we've got that coming out of share, and that's going to be a continuation of the Batman versus Superman, where it's Ben Affleck as Batman. We've got Jason Moma um, as Aquaman, um, Ezra Miller as The Flash, uh, who you may know him from Perks of Being a Wallflower. He paid, 
played the best friend Patrick. If you have not seen that film or read that book, do both of those. Those are both phenomenal pieces of work. And then you've got uh, who else is in that? We've got obviously um, Wonder Woman's in that as well. And I do apologize. I have accidentally forgotten her name, um, who plays Wonder Woman, because she's a fairly newer gal got it. She's a fairly newer to mainstream for me at least she's everywhere now all of a sudden because she's in another movie about to come out as well but but um you've got gal gadot as wonder woman and then um oh goodness um somebody as cyborg um and i can't remember so i'm just checking that really quick here um Amy Adams as Lois Lane is returning. Ray Fisher as uh, Victor Stone, who's cyborg. I'm sorry. Another person I'm not overly familiar with their acting. They haven't been in too much. Oh, I guess he hasn't really been in anything. Okay. So I don't feel I don't feel as bad as not knowing who he is. Then it's supposedly a secret. Another member is going to be joining them as well. Jared Leto is going to be in it again as the Joker. Yada, yada, yada. Anyway. Okay. To start at the plot of where suicide begins, I need to start at the end of Batman versus Superman. And if you have not seen that film, um, maybe stop this, watch that. Um, because what it's, this is kind of a crucial moment in the film at the end here. Uh, but this film picks up suicide picks up in a world where Superman has now died because he died at the end of Batman versus Superman, saving everyone from doomsday. And, um, so this is kind of the, you know, the the addressing of that. So Superman's gone. Well, when the next Superman gets here, what if he doesn't share uh, ideals? What if he's a bad guy? You know, what are we going to do? So there's this woman, Amanda Waller, and she works for this government organization called Argus. And they are, she wants to put together a group of very bad people to do some good, basically. So it's basically she's saying we, we own their lives. We might as well use them. And if things go wrong, we can just kind of throw them under the bus and blame them for everything. So an interesting concept, you know, the anti-hero. So in, in this group, we have Will Smith, who plays um, Deadshot, um, who if I'm not a big I don't know the comic books of DC very well. I mean, I know Superman's lore because I was a big Smallville fan and Batman because of the animated series and that stuff. But I don't really know too much about other people. And The Flash, I enjoy The Flash and on uh, the CW as well as Arrow, uh, which are both wonderful shows. You should check those out. But um, I need to jump over to my Suicide Squad page here really quick just so I can make sure I'm getting everybody's names right. I mean, I know the Deadshot character. So it's Deadshot. We've got Harley Quinn, which is played by Margot Robbie, um, Viola Davis, the very talented Viola Davis playing Amanda Waller. Um, always good to see her in a film. We've got, um, uh, wow. They do not list these in the order at all. And I, I like even, I even talked to myself ahead of time to rehearse this. And now I'm, I'm overthinking it and blowing it for myself. But, um, I, I do want to point out that you'll notice David Harbour in here, um, which if you are watching Stranger Things, he plays Hopper on that. So it's nice to see him popping up in things too, but his part's kind of inconsequential, but he's just, just one of the, like the main, the, the, uh, big wigs, the Washington people that they've got to approve the whole thing with. But, um, okay. So the Suicide Squad has Captain Boomerang. That's Jay Courtney. There's, I said there was Harley Quinn. There's Deadshot. There's um, Killer Croc, which is played by um, Adewala. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, I 
don't know how to pronounce his last name. I can't remember, but he was Mr. Echo on Lost. Big fan of him. Um, then there is um, Enchantress, and she's played by somebody I didn't recognize, but I meant to look up afterwards. And um, um, we've got Jay Hernandez as Diablo. And then we also have, my goodness, um, Kara Del Delvinge, Delvinge. She plays Enchantress. And then they're all led by the government operative, uh, Rick Flagg, who's played by Joel Kinnerman. Um, I, I don't, I don't particularly like Joel Kinnerman. Um, he's known best for the killing. He was also the new RoboCop. I thought he was okay as RoboCop. I didn't hate that movie. I know a lot of people did, but I gave it a shot. It's got Gary Oldman and Samuel L. Jackson in it. I'm sorry, not Samuel L. Jackson. Gary Oldman. Yeah, wait a minute. Samuel Jackson is in that movie. And uh, Michael Keaton. Who doesn't like Michael Keaton? But I, I, I diverse here. I diverse. Um, so the plot is basically Amanda Waller, the Viola Davis character. She's getting this whole these group of terrible people together and they are gonna do so in the event that an event happens that they'll they're gonna use them throw them under the bus if things go wrong so oh surprise surprise an event happens and so they get them together they inject a uh like a if you've seen mission impossible 3 you know that thing that goes up everybody's noses and it detonates in their heads and it, it you know that's basically what's in their neck a, a little mini bomb in their neck and uh it's so you know if they try to run if they do anything like that um flag or um waller have a device and they'll blow their blow their head out so so they're off to uh kind of stop an event that has happened and um i'll I'll speak a little bit more about that but it's it's pretty straight if you've seen the trailers i mean other than directly knowing who the bad guy is um that's the movie that you've seen the movie. That's literally what it is. I have this issue with movies that take place over just a couple of hours. And this is one of those, like the first parts, like maybe a day or two, the first like couple minutes, but the rest of it is like within a matter of hours. And I don't know, it doesn't feel grand enough to be that, um, you know, it, it kind of went the, this gigantic route and I don't, I'll, I'll get to that in a second too. I'm sorry. My thoughts are all over the place right now, but so that's basically the plot of the movie. They kind of set out. They've got to control this situation that's that's out of hand. The the main villain wants to build this machine and wipe out humanity. It's very similar. It re- immediately reminded me of Doctor Man- Doctor Manhattan from um uh my goodness the comedian the what's the that other Zack Snyder movie that's based on a comic book um oh my gosh this is. I am terrible today. I am so sorry. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to look that up real quick here. Watchmen. I even said it earlier. See, I'm psyching myself out now. It reminded me of that kind of a plot, but th- that's that's it. It's a very, very basic, very simple plot, which is fine. That, that you know, works in this movie's favor. We don't need much more. It's kind of one of those assembly pieces of a film anyways. Um Okay, so I'm just I'm going to start at the beginning. We're going to go forward. Here are my thoughts about it. I don't know that I enjoy I no, I do know. I'm sorry. I did not like the movie. I liked it in the beginning, but by the end I was just like, "Ah, oh, my it's it's done." It just dissolves into this massive bunch of clichés. So, the beginning is really cool. It just kind of starts. I love the aesthetic of like the spray paint, purple, green, these neons. I love that they commit to that. It seems like an afterthought later on though because it doesn't carry through for the through the rest of the movie, excuse me. Um, 
so it, it kind of it starts and it's Waller showing up and we, we you know and she's going to meet the the guys to say oh I've got this idea and we're going to do this and we see the t-shirts of remember Superman and so it's very much the aftermath of those events and and she goes and so interesting it's kind of interesting I, I love Viola Davis especially as kind of a double crossy shady person that you can't really trust how to get away with murder I mean come on am I right that show's amazing and um, so she is proposing this idea and we kind of threw her binder that's got everybody in it because nobody uses computers in this entire movie. It's everything's in a binder. Every single thing is in a binder. And so we are introduced to these like vignette kind of style, uh, like here's Deadshot, Will Smith's character, and here's his background and how he got caught and why he's in the jail. And and then here's Harley Quinn, here's her background and why she's caught and here's the Joker. Let's introduce this new version of the Joker, Jared Leto. Um, you know, how she's caught. It it does it kind of for each one of these characters. Um, it doesn't really do it too well for Killer Croc. He doesn't really have, he doesn't add anything to the group. But I'm going to back it up. I'm going to start with Will Smith's character. Will Smith is definitely the best character of the movie, which is often true of Will Smith movies. Maybe not that much as of lately, but I think he did as much as he could. And I think the, the Deadshot character is always the most interesting. Anyways, if you've watched Smallville, if you've watched um, Arrow, that character, I'm familiar with that character because he was in the later season of Smallville. And he was, he's also was very heavily um, in Arrow for a while because Arrow was going to pursue the suicide squad. And they did do that a little bit. Um, they were even going to have Harley Quinn, but there's like a little hint to her in the end of season two or three but then the studio was like no we're going to use that character in the movie so you can't have them and that was before they decided everything was going to be massively separate so it was just a cluster so they they basically canceled out those plans there but um the rick flag character he's a uh, shot for hire he basically is the best shot in the world can hit any target um but he's a hitman he's got an 11 year old daughter that he wants to be with and so that's his kind of motivation of getting out of jail there is a scene that has spoiler alert uh batman's batman makes his appearance in it batman is in this movie as much as he's in the preview maybe a smidge more literally the shots you've seen of him in the preview that's batman in the movie it 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 yeah anyway onward from that so you've got the scene where batman catches him and the daughter is like no daddy don't don't shoot batman you've got to do the right thing and go you know go to jail and i understand you're a bad person but i don't judge you for that and whatever so that's his that's his character's drive is the daughter and then we get harley quinn's flash flashback and she's the psychiatrist that falls in love with the joker the big bad himself played by jared leto and this this is a new version of the joker the the gangster version of the joker so he's got like the tattoos he's you know thinner but muscular or i should say lean he's oh my god though i hate the joker's mouth in this movie and i hated it when i saw the first design but i thought you know what? i'm gonna embrace the change but it seems like Jared Little can't speak correctly because of the metal in his mouth because he's got that grill. And there's never really a moment where the Joker gets to shine here. There's almost a scene, but it's it's not there. And again, the Joker's in this movie as much as he's in the preview. That's it. The preview. That's it. There's even scenes missing because there's a scene in the preview where he's got like a burn on the side of his face and he's shooting everybody. That doesn't happen. So... They clearly were trying to like ram that down our throats to be like, we're going to do this really crazy different version of the Joker. Then we're going to have him in either the Batman movie or obviously he's going to be in Justice League. So we just need you to know that we've got an Oscar caliber actor playing this different version of the Joker that is not the Heath Ledger Joker or the Jack Nicholson Joker. Okay, fair enough. I get it. 
I don't know that he succeeded. He's weird. He's whatever. But it seems like it's weird for being weird. When Heath Ledger's Joker walked out on the screen, and it really is not fair to kind of compare the two, but Heath Ledger, you as crazy as that Joker is, he was solid. You know, he he made sense. He is, you know, not not in the way that we want to agree with him, but he had he was a complete character. This character, I don't know. Like it was the mob boss guy, but I don't know. It didn't. It didn't really. It didn't really do anything for me. I liked kind of the designs with him a little bit. Sure, the, the Harley Quinn character too. They had a nod to the. You know, she was created. She originally was created for the Batman animated series and was such a huge hit that she, she was incorporated into the comic book series. And so they've got a little bit of a. You know, they show her in her costume, which is nice. A little nod there to some imagery from the comic books and the cartoon show. And uh, But again, uh, Margot Robbie, I she's Australian in real life. And I'm not saying I ever heard her accent, but it definitely... There are moments in this movie where the accent is like cringeworthy because you know she's doing the Harley Quinn from... Harley Quinn's voice is very famously done from the animated series. And I apologize, I don't know the woman's voice, uh, the the name of the woman right now, but... I feel like there's only that that woman that can do that Harley Quinn. So trying to imitate that Harley Quinn is a mistake. And there are moments where she does this like New York accent, but it's not thorough. It's not always there. And again, she's unbalanced, I guess. I get it. But I also hate how, excuse my language, slutty her costume is too. The booty shorts are up her butt. It is just, again, the over-sexualization of a female comic book character. And I... I hate that. I hate it. Like, she can be a crazy, sexy person without being half naked. And she can be clever, and she can, she can be strong, and she can be insane. She can be all these things, but I don't need to see... I don't need to see her butt crack, and I don't need to see... It's just me, though. It doesn't... You know, this clearly that's like... It's the dude's version of Harley Quinn, and I don't like that. Um, so I found her to not be... Great. There are moments, though. There's moments with her and Will Smith. I mean, they've worked together in another film, at least one, maybe more than one, but um, that they're good. You know, they play off each other a little bit, um, but I don't know. I don't like it. Then we get to um, who's who's next on our list. Well, I'll start with the good guy. I'll start with the guy who leads the group here. Well, not start, but I'll move on to him next. Rick Flagg. So Rick Flagg is the milita- the the best military trained operative there is, you know, and Amanda Waller's way of manipulating him into this is that Rick Flagg is in love with a scientist, um, uh, Dr. Uh, hold on one second here. I, I June Moon. And Dr. Moon, uh, is it possessed she's a archaeologist and she gets possessed by enchantress and so um the way that amanda waller controls enchantress is she's got the heart they found enchantress's heart wherever dr waller found the uh, i'm sorry wherever dr moon found enchantress's um grave or uh whatever you want to call it um resting place i don't know but uh Right, so she's got that heart, and then so, like, she's got Flag's heart as well, because Flag's in love with Moon. So Waller controls people. She's manipulating. Um, So you've got them. And who else? Now, I'll go on to the the fire gentleman, um, El Diablo, who I'm not overly familiar with, but... um, I thought Jay Hernandez, to be honest, though I was watching this, I thought he was that guy who is really full-bodied 
tattooed. Um, you know the one I'm talking about? They did the makeup test and they like covered him to show like, look what look what all this makeup can do for you. But that is not that's not who he is. Um, I'm sorry, I can't remember that guy's name either. But I am gonna see real quick. Don't feel like I know him from something else. Um, oh, okay. So I, I just saw the film Bad Moms. He's the um, he is the widowed father in in that movie, and um, nothing else I've really seen. I guess he's been on some TV, some other movies here and there, but uh, he wasn't bad. It's just his part is. Um, I don't know his part. It's, it's, it's part of the cliche. It's the guy with the fire powers. And okay. So he was like kind of a, a drug dealer and, you know, successful at that. And he had the wife and the kids and the, the wife finds the drugs and the guns. and was like, no, we're not doing this. And then they get in an argument and basically he, spoiler alert, kills his family by accident. So he says, I'm never going to fight again. And they're like, well, we're putting you on the team either way. So he's supposed to be the character that's trying to find peace or whatever. And eventually they convince him to use his powers and whatever and whatever. Pointless, annoying stuff. But um, so that's that's his character. And then we've got Captain Boomerang here. And I have a big issue with Captain Boomerang. He doesn't seem to be on the same caliber here that he should be in this massive prison. Like you've got the metahuman, which is Diablo, uh, or I think technically Enchantress can be considered metahuman as well, even though it's not quite a human, but, um, and you've got Rick Flagg as the superpowered Harley Quinn, super dangerous. You know what I mean? Unstable that she's, she's the number one gal of the number one supervillain. And, you know, then Boomerang is just kind of, they paint him out to be this jewel thief. He just, he he kills whoever he works with, doesn't get along with others. He's just kind of this eccentric character um, from Australia. And so this is the first movie I've heard Jay Courtney speak with his actual accent, but it seems almost exaggerated. I had trouble understanding what he was saying a lot. And I don't, I don't have, a, I don't have trouble understanding Hugh Jackman ever, but I do have trouble understanding Jay Courtney. And it's just, it's unfortunate. This guy just seems to be on board with uh, franchises that he's like the franchise killer. I don't want to say that. I don't mean that. Well, I do mean it. It's unfortunate. He's just in a lot of, you know, he was John Connor in that Terminator film that didn't do so well. Terminator Genesis and either way. So he's kind of supposed to be like, the trailer paints this out to be kind of funny sometimes. Like there are moments where Harley Quinn says something. You're supposed to be, oh, that's supposed to be funny. You're supposed to be funny. You know what I mean? It's just kind of, again, cliched response. And Captain Boomerang's thing is like, it. they didn't really get the backstory enough. Um, he, okay. I'm going to pause right here too. All the villains at first, you're like, oh my gosh, did Batman bring in all these villains? No, Batman did not. They do show another Justice League member makes his appearance in here and I, I won't spoil it, but the Captain Boomerang's a villain of a specific Justice League member and that Justice League member makes his cameo in here. Um, and I'm just very excited now to see this character play out either way. Um, but so Boomerang's got these moments where they're, they're in a fight scene and you can see it in the trailer. He opens a beer and drinks it, but I'm like, where did you get the beer from? And there's moments like this, like, oh, okay, you're free to go. And he like runs off the screen where the rest stay to fight together. And then he comes back and you're like, okay, it it just, there's moments like, it just seems like there were too many characters 
and they really just tried to stay focused on two, but the other ones were just as important, but they didn't really, I don't know, they didn't visit that or they like cut those parts out. So there's a lot of moments like that that just kind of don't make sense. Captain Boomerang especially. It was really frustrating because I honestly feel like if this guy had been fleshed out or his moments, maybe his little moments had been kept in, it would have led to a more um, <clears throat> a more fulfilling, I don't know, more fulfilling moments with him. But anyway, so that's, that's I had a huge issue with that because I, I like wanted to like Captain Boomerang. Nah. So then that brings us to Killer Croc, who basically is just pointless. He's there to swim under the sewer. And actually, I had originally read he was originally going to be a different villain, but that villain was going to require um, all CGI. And uh, they, they were like, to bring the budget down, they were like, just make him Killer Croc because then it's just prosthetic makeup. Okay, cool. Um, so, and for me, Killer Croc, I thought was an interesting character when he was on the animated series of Batman. And this one, it was just kind of like, nah, just a guy, it's a crocodile. Don't really explain what he is, just the metahuman kind of guy, but he just, they give him like a sewer cell and I don't know. He doesn't really say much. He's got like two lines in the movie and I'm, they're both cringeworthy. They are 80 yard lines and they are just terrible, like terribly not delivered well, yeah, because I can barely understand them, but at the same time, it's also, it's just clearly ADR. I don't, it just bugs me. That's the, when you record after the movie, like you include, tell somebody's doing a voiceover. Um, so we did Enchantress, we did those guys. So I think that's everybody. There is another member of the Suicide Squad, the um, uh, kind of Native American guy. My goodness. Um, IMDb has it like, listed all out of order like it gives me the extras before it gives me the main people so i can't find him it's not slingshot it's something to do with like a noose or um something like that yeah scott scott eastwood is randomly in this movie too i I saw the credits and i was like what um this movie's just there's a lot of moments oh i'm sorry katana is another member so she's not really She's not really the Suicide Squad. She's really there as like a friend of Rick Flagg. Katana is um, uh, an Asian character where she, her husband was killed by this mobster samurai sword and the, the soul of the husband's trapped in the sword. So she speaks to the, that, but she avenges him. And then she's like Rick Flagg's friend. And she's kind of there to just make sure these guys don't gang up on him. All right. Sure. She just kind of randomly shows up on the airplane as they're taking off. It's just, there's a lot of really... Oh, Yakuza. Okay. There's a lot of really um, random moments like that. A lot of just nonsensical like cuts almost. Like it clearly, the editing is not in the favor of this film. And now it's not like, oh, terrible editing, but it's not great. I want to talk about the, okay, there's another character, Griggs, and he is like the guard at the prison that they're at. And his character is supposed to be kind of like, kind of a, the, jerk i don't know you know what i mean the cocky ass that works there and and um he's kind of how the so the joker how he factors into this is he is looking for harley quinn now that she's been caught so he is on the run looking or on the go that's how he's going to tie into the plot eventually a very minor moment when he comes to like rescue her and leave and then he's gone but harley ends up accidentally staying through a series of events but that's his plot so he finds this guard and like you know, he's got to work for him. He gives him a cell phone and, and he's got to give that to Harley. And 
it's just like nobody saw the cell phone. It's just and she's like texting on on the airplane. Nobody sees that. You, these are the worst of the worst, and you don't have your eyes on them the whole time. Moments like that are terrible. The action itself is not. There's nothing. There's no great moment where you're like, oh, that's great. Like, okay, so Ghostbusters. Um, you know, whatever you want to say. You know, the they have those moments where you're like, I knew that's a moment when um Holtzman brings out the whips, uh, the the proton whips, and she does that whole scene. Like, that was a great fun moment, whether you like the movie or not. You know, that's a fun moment. That's a it's a moment. It was shot differently. It you know. There's no moments like that. It's just very bland special, like not special effects, but bland action. It's again, cliched action. There's no cool shots. There's no cool camera shots. There's no real depth to any of the story, despite them trying. There's no, there's nothing there. It's just hollow. And by the end of the movie, you're going to leave yourself being like, oh my God, I do not care. And the enchantress actress is, was miscast. I'm sorry. There's a moment where it's like the enchantress is speaking through June Moon and like, so it's clearly not her voice and it's just she moves in a weird way and it's like it's cheesy it comes off cheesy there's no weight to the whole thing it just by the end you're just like i don't care and i it, it was all very senseless and it doesn't really lead to much other than there is a a credit in the mid um the scenes as they roll up it's not at the end of the credits there's nothing at the very end so you don't have to stay to the very end but stay until they're midway through because I'm going to tell you what it is right now. So if you don't want to see the movie, now you know. But So spoiler alert, I'm holding my hand up until I'm done talking about it. Amanda Waller is meeting with Bruce Wayne, and, and she's like, I, how do you, you know, I can't give you this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And Bruce likes, well, you'll be under my protection and this and that. And I'll, you know, so she gives him a folder and just like, you can't know this is from me. And, you know, he flips through the folder and it's it's got some of the people from this mission, um, in it and then like you see the flash and aquaman and so you're like uh here's here's bruce on the hunt now for the rest of the justice league and then uh, he leaves and says something to amanda but amanda says you look tired you know stop working nights and and he said well break up this group or me and my friends will break it up for you so honestly probably the most interesting part of the movie but one of those kind of throwaway scenes you don't have to have seen it but you're just kind of like all right well i care more about justice league right now Okay, I'm done with that spoiler. So that's it. I mean, I mean, I don't really have much more to say. It. it I really wanted to like this movie. Um, I, I even even from a standpoint of just trying to be like, all right, well, I'm just looking for some cheese, cheese, you know, whatever, just enjoyable action. I mean, there's there are people out there who are going to enjoy it, but I, I I'll I'll tell you right now, Batman versus Superman is a masterpiece compared to this. I am one of the people I enjoyed Batman versus Superman. I like especially the first half of the movie. And I know everyone's like, well, there's no action in it. I don't care. I like when superhero movies really get into the nitty gritty, which in Batman versus Superman, the question is, do we, there is a Superman. Do we need him? Should we rely on him? What are the laws we put in place for him? I love that stuff. And then Superman is mopey that whole movie because the world is just a bunch of jerks because it's basically like, he just is always trying to do the right thing. And it's kind of like, he can't move or make a step without being judged. I mean, imagine what that feels like. Of course, he's not going to be super happy all the time. I don't know. He's just trying to do right. And of course, he's miserable when the courtroom blows up. You know, it's just one of those. I, I don't know. I don't know why people give it a, such a hard time. I can understand if you don't like Lex Luthor's character. I had no issue with it. I didn't care. I liked that it was different than any other Lex Luthor we've seen. Clearly an unhinged Lex Luthor. I, I liked I liked um, 
uh, Ben Affleck as ba- Ben Affleck as Batman. Uh, I do not like care that Batman used guns at certain points in that movie, but I liked him as the Bat. I I like I like all the stuff in that movie that some of the stuff where you're even like, well, it doesn't, you know, the, the flash having his scene in the movie, you're like, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense yet because he's traveling in time. Like, do you not understand that? Like, I felt like Batman versus Superman was the first superhero movie where I saw where, where I honestly felt when I watched that first time, okay, here's a movie that's not afraid to commit to being a comic book movie instead of being like, well, let's play by the rules of our grounded world and do this and that. It was just kind of like, let's let's do it. I'm not saying the movie is not without its faults. I will acknowledge those and, you know, and we can have a discussion about that. However, I think that anybody out there who, who really didn't like it, I think maybe you wanted to be... I think people sometimes get caught up in the trend of it's like, oh, well, we've got to not like it or Marvel all the way, no DC. I'm sorry, Superman's the original and I don't care. As long as it's good, I don't care. If it entertains me, I don't care. I want to watch Batman versus Superman. I want the shared universe to succeed. I do not want it to be the Marvel shared universe either. I want something new and different. And Batman versus Superman gave me something very different. And like I said, again, it's not without its faults, but it was good. I, I liked it. I loved the score. Um, and I, I liked most of it, you know? And this movie, though, I didn't like it. I liked the very beginning, and I felt like it suffered maybe from being like cut short, undermined, but this was the opportunity that DC had to make something very different. The anti-Avengers and like kind of the independent film of the DC universe. You know what I mean? I think it should have, instead of having the villain be this big grand, I want to destroy the world, it should have been something, because then you're like, well, where's Batman the whole time during this? Where's the Flash? You know, because clearly you've, you've shown him in the shared universe before. Why isn't he here now? Where's Aqu- You know, it, it just, it, it kind of never acknowledges those moments. And it just should have been this more government conspiracy film because they were part of the team. And it has a little bit of that, but it had to have this grandiose villain that I, I didn't need that. I wanted something more akin. And I know I just said I didn't want it to be like Marvel, but I wanted something in the DC universe that was a lot like Captain America Winter Soldier. Something that was like that. Like that was a political thriller. And I was kind of hoping this would be something along those lines a little more than the supernaturally thing that it became. Um, so I think it was a missed opportunity. Um, I don't know that we'll necessarily get another one. I have heard rumors that Will Smith's Deadshot will be carrying through to other films, perhaps maybe the Batman movie. I just kicked my camera. I apologize. Um, but w- I guess only time will tell. Um, I wouldn't mind that because, like I said, Will Smith's character, for me, is the best character in this film. Uh, the rest of them, man. I mean, keep obviously keep Viola Davis around. We need her. Like, just give her some better material to work with. I, I did re- also read that this movie was rushed. Like, this movie was like, we're getting it, and you have six weeks to write it. And David Ayer, who directed this, who also directed, like, Fury and... Um, end of watch he hasn't done a lot especially a lot of big movies like this this was his first like really really big kind of movie especially a special effects driven movie i'm not saying that that's the reason why it was what it was but i feel like i i don't know i feel like they chopped away story in favor of trying to make spectacle when this movie wanted story so it was just again that whole who knows it could have been panic after the dawn of justice incident who, who I don't know why movies end up the way they end up, but 
it's it's honestly a movie i will probably never watch this movie again i don't need to watch it i one time was a view um and where it stands on my scale of opening night imax whatever versus stay at home and watch it versus a pass i think that you could watch it and say well i don't hate it because i'm not saying i hated it i just i won't recommend it to anybody and I would say that, wait for it for DVD. You don't need to go to the movie theater to see this. You should have seen Batman versus Superman in the movie theater. Hated it or loved it. That should have been seen in the movie theater. This didn't need to be seen in the movie theater. I don't, and I'm a, I just don't, I think you, you've got other movies coming out that maybe you could save save your money for, uh, you know, maybe something a little funnier, Sausage Party, I don't know. Sausage Party, Pete's Dragon, uh there at Kubo and the two strings, you know, see something this just didn't, it didn't do, it didn't do anything. It just felt flat the whole time. So that's it. That's all I'm going to say about it. I feel like I'm just running in circles now and I'm sure I didn't say everything I wanted to say. And I, I'm sorry if I've offended anybody who liked it, but I, I'd like to hear your feedback. What do you guys, if you saw it and you loved it, what did you love about it? Tell me, I'm curious, you know, I want to, I want to talk about it. If you hated it, let me know you hated it. Um, Let's talk about Batman versus Superman too. Like, t- talk to me about that stuff. I, you know, it's that's the great thing about movies. They inspire us to have these wonderful conversations. It's art. It's interpretive. And so maybe this, maybe it strikes home with you. Maybe it doesn't. But who knows? So um, that's going to do it for me. Oh, and if you want to communicate, I'm sorry. All those are at Diz Pop Show. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. Um, leave us some feedback. You know. Um, I, I love the comments, ideas for other shows, movies you want to see us review, um, whatever, merchandise. Get, I don't, the world's our oyster. Let's work together and see what we can do. Um, you know, and, uh, make sure you subscribe, though, because I am going to have a bunch of – I'm going to start breaking apart little mini episodes. Um, so you'll not want to miss those. So subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the iTunes link, and we'll go from there. But thanks for listening, everybody. Um, until next time, I was your host, Ronald Clavin, and thank you for tuning into this episode of Dispop. Pop.